And now, a Blaze Media podcast. Hello, and welcome to Chewing the Fat. I don't know why, but I sat through a video of a YouTube lady uh, eating, taking on the 72-ounce steak challenge in Texas. And you have to eat this 72-ounce steak, baked potato, salad, a roll, in an hour. And incredibly, she did it, like in 40 minutes. <laughs> it's just amazing. The steak looked great. I don't know about the the salad. I mean, okay, whatever. And then the baked potato looked fine, too. And then there was shrimp involved, in too. I mean, you have to eat this whole thing. And what do you get out of it? You don't have to pay for it. <laughs> it's a big challenge. I don't know, man. That's a lot. That's an awful lot. And like I've said for years, I'm more of a uh, distance eater than a speed eater. So, you know, could I eat it all? Sure. Would it take more than an hour? Probably. And plus, I mean, who wants a salad? You just got done with a 72-ounce steak and some shrimp and a baked potato and a roll. What do you need a salad for? Duh. (laughs) Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Okay, remember way back, way, 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 way back in uh, March of 2020 when we had the uh, the lockdown, the original 15-day shutdown, uh, March 15th or 16th or whatever it was in that neck of the woods, and it was going to be 15 days lockdown, and Netflix released Tiger King in that first week. So the world was on lockdown. The U.S. and we all watched Tiger King. It was a must. You you can't be an American. You you couldn't be an American in that first fifteen day lockdown without watching Tiger King. It just was an impossibility. You were not an American if you didn't watch it. I didn't say that it was good. I didn't say that it was enjoyable. But you know, I you know we all watched it. Well, he's been out of the news for a while. Then he went. He was in jail, and he's still in jail, and now he's in Fort Worth, Texas jail, and. They he's trying. He was hoping that Trump gives him a pardon, and we've got to get back in the news, right? I mean, Joe Exotic has got to get back in the news. So he has released his new underwear underwear line with his face on it. I know, as part of Exotic's revenge collection, uh, in collaboration with streetwear O Dangerous brand, a new line of underwear will be released uh, in a week or so, in a few days. Uh, according to uh, according to TMZ reporting this, the line's going to include several tiger print options, and one option has Joe Exotic's face printed on the crotch area. Yeah! Huh? How cool is that? So it's going to be released on September 7th, which is just four days away, if you're listening live to this, on the 3rd of September 2020. So four days from now, for those of you listening live, which is the two-year anniversary of his arrest. Okay. Now, remember his revenge line uh, that was released in May, that original clothing option, that sold out. That was gone, man. Have a nice day. Now, you're going to have both men and women's options. Boxer briefs are made of 100% cotton. (laughs) And, uh, man, who doesn't want some Joe Exotic underwear? Who? And, of course, we have the sales pitch for this because... We found out yesterday as well that Carol Baskin, who, you know, 
is really part of the reason he's in jail or the, you know, the main reason he's in jail. And she is going to be on dancing with the stars. Now, why, you know, I guess because of Tiger King fame and her, uh, you know, her stardom for that is going to be on dancing with the stars. Uh, just okay. Whatever. However, we see who else is going to be on this version of dancing with the stars. Charles Oakley, former NBA star, uh, Backstreet Boy singer, AJ McLean and, you know, Carol Baskin and my girl, Anne Heche. Yes. Anne Heche back in the news, trying to become relevant again. I love her. I hope that we see the clip of her in my favorite movie with Anne Heche, Volcano and Tommy Lee Jones, where she is quoted in the movie. Wow. I mean, I'm so looking forward to that. I guess the other people that are appeared to, uh, that are slated to appear on the show, uh, cheer team coach, Monica Aldama, bachelorette star, Caitlin Bristow, NFL star, Vernon Davis, another actress, Sky Jackson, actress, Dustina Machado, TV host, uh, Jeannie Mai, Jesse Metcalf, rapper, Nelly, TV host, Nev Schulman, and a real estate agent, Chriselle Staus, Olympia Johnny Weir. Oh no, Johnny Weir. I mean, it's gonna be, it's gonna be an awesome season of Dancing with the Stars, and it couldn't you couldn't help but have an awesome season when you have Carol Baskin on your show, right? <laughs> right. Want to know where we're at in this country for race relations? Uh, human relations, we're in a bad place. <laughs> you see it uh, every day, no question. I mean, we have a professor at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill's School of Information and Library Science, who stated on Twitter, all white people have been deputized to murder us. Really? All white people have been deputized to murder us, alleging that we've made it legal. If you were a deputy a hundred years ago, you get deputized by the law and then you could do anything you want. Right. I guess that's what she's alluding to as uh, associate professor Tressie McMillan Cottom said. So uh, she got all wound up on Twitter because uh, Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson supported citizen soldiers in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, they are assuming that he is talking about Kyle Rittenhouse as a citizen soldier, right? And in this story, they talk about how he murdered two people as a citizen soldier. Hmm. Okay. Well, in the in her quote tweet, uh, she tweeted, uh, and it was under uh, under a tweet from uh, that said Senator Johnson just said he supports citizen soldiers in Kenosha. Kyle Rittenhouse murdered two people as a citizen soldier. Okay. But she quote tweeted that with, they have deputized all white people to murder us. Really? That's interesting. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? Where, you know, the uh, senator is uh, talking about, uh, he, you know, the way to stop this rioting in and around, I don't know, the country was to surge manpower and resources. 
citizen soldiers, National Guard. You overwhelm the numbers of rioters so that they can't riot, so that you can protect people's First Amendment constitutional right to peacefully protest and that you don't turn to riots. But he said, I also have to point out at some point in time, peaceful protests that don't even result in rioting at some point in time become a siege. Downtown is boarded up. Those businesses are shuttered. They can't operate. Other citizens now can't earn a living because their businesses are shut down. So we also have to stop that siege on our big cities. Wow. And so, uh, again, with the tweet, they've deputized all white people to murder us. Then she, quote, tweeted her own, quote, tweet, saying, uh, oh, the racists are big mad about this one, I see. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, no, we just want the rioting to stop. We just want the pillaging and the destruction to stop. And I say we, I mean, yeah, I guess we, you know, we racists. You know, hi, my name is Jeff, and I'm a racist, although I'm not. I'll never say that, although I just did. I probably shouldn't. I should probably just edit that out. Hi, my name is Jeff, and I'm not a racist. So uh, that's where we're at in America. Really, that's where we're at. And we, we're supposed to hate ourselves as white people. If you're listening to this podcast and you're white, you're supposed to hate yourself. And we've talked about it, you know, before, and you're supposed to. And now we're being overwhelmed, overwhelmed. We talked about the, the school uh, the school promo and having all the professors admit to being racist and how happy they are to uh, be able to admit it. Well, now... We have uh, Demi Lovato, who is quoted as saying, I hated that I shared the same skin color as those who killed black people. I felt an overwhelming responsibility to help spread awareness. Okay. She said that... uh, Yeah, I've got an ongoing struggles with mental illness and anxiety. Uh Uh-huh. Which the COVID-19 pandemic further exacerbated. Uh Uh-huh. But she feels it's been a year of great change. And it's helped her realize how much more she should be doing to help other people. And she's always taken her advocacy work seriously. But she's looking at it now with renewed focus. And what motivated her most was uh, how much herself comes from black culture. And I grew up listening to Aretha Franklin, Whitney Johnson, Whitney Houston, and other soulful singers. But those two black women in particular shaped me into the vocalist I am. And if you look at my life, everything that I have, money, success, a roof over my head, it's because of the inspiration of those black women gave me. And I continue to be constantly inspired by people of color. Okay. Great. No problem. But now she's ashamed of her privilege and the fact that she shares the same skin color as those who are accused of committing heinous crimes against black people. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I'm ashamed of being white because of other white people. And then we have Chelsea Clinton. Uh, You know her, you love her daughter of uh, former President Bill Clinton and former wannabe president, uh, Secretary of State and Senator from New York, Hillary Clinton. Uh, She has had quite the life of privilege, and look, she knows it. And she wants uh, 
her white children of privilege to erode that privilege throughout their lives. Do you? So she was speaking at a national women for Biden organizing call with Democratic Congresswoman Ayanna Presley. Oh, uh, someone who's been successful in America and actually become a congressperson, woman, man, from the great state of Massachusetts. And she said that she wants, I could play the audio, but it's, I don't know that I could, I, I can't take it. So it's just under, it's like two minutes long and it's got the big women for Biden sign. Although you won't see that unless you're watching live. But it is, uh, it's her talking to Ayanna Presley. And of course, they have the interpreter there with the headphones because uh, you can't have a video call uh, anywhere in the world without, uh, without an interpreter. That would just be, that would just be wrong. And I might add the interpreter does not look minority ish, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Now, I will say that uh, Chelsea, uh, you know, has had quite the privilege uh, growing up, I don't know, in the White House. Uh, She's lived in, what, million-dollar apartments in Manhattan. (laughs) Uh, Her and hubby, uh, the hedge fund guy, uh, didn't just run off and elope in a barn. I mean, they had this huge multi-million-dollar wedding. It's really... It's really agonizing that they are, uh, I mean, they are apologizing for their privilege and it's, you know, really bad. And, and, and Chelsea went on to say about her children, look, she said that, uh, she understands they're white children of privilege and I want them to erode that privilege throughout their lives. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, Presley was sure to point out that we know often there is revisionist history or sanitizing. Yes, we do. Don't we, Congressperson Ayanna Presley? It's funny how that works, isn't it? Yes, it is. But, look, she's working hard to have her you know, white privilege be eroded in her children's lives. And where does that take us? Where does that take us? Well, that takes us to a study, a Gallup poll that talks about how U.S. perceptions of white-black relations sink to a new low. And you know, I believe that, but I also believe one-on-one. I don't know that I. I don't know that that's true. Like I mean, I if I. I don't know, have an experience with a a minority, whether that be, you know, black, brown, yellow, red, blue people on the planet. And it's one-on-one. I have the same kind of interaction that I would have even with another white person. I know, I know. Now, maybe in the white people hater eyes, it isn't the same. Because I'm already basing my interaction on privilege and being white. So, you know, maybe that's why it's different, right? That's why it's different. But my entire life, I mean, ever since I can remember, 
uh, has been, uh, I would say, pretty good. Pretty good with uh, minorities because my one-on-one relationship is the same. I just don't understand. I really don't. Uh, the, the hatred that's been bred. And you look at these studies, uh, it's really incredible. Relations between white and black Americans, according to this poll. And you go along and uh, how in 2008, we had about uh, 28% saying that it was very to somewhat bad between white and black Americans, which leaves you with, what, 71, 72% saying pretty good. It's pretty good. And I believe that. And I would, I would bet that it was even actually more higher than that. But according to this, it wasn't. Okay. Now that holds pretty steady through about 2012-ish into 2013-ish. What had happened in those five years? 08, 09, 010, 011, 012, 013. What had happened in those years? What was what was going on in, in America in those in those four or five years? What was going on? Oh, I know. People that were in charge of the country were bashing race relations and taking us back to the 50s and 60s, which we weren't in. And then it went way down. And by way down, the very somewhat good line drops hard. And the bad, very somewhat bad, shoots up to about, it's about 50-50 as it rides. Uh, You know, it goes goes up to, uh, goes all the way down to about 47% good up to you know 53 bad and then that's where we're at in 50 50 uh, throughout you know the end of 14 15 into 16 17 18 and it hasn't really the last year has gone back down a few percentage points but it stayed you know pretty 50 50 and i would say that's where we're at right the country is divided it feels that way it feels that way generally but not not one-on-one. I just don't, I just don't have that, have that relationship one-on-one with people. I don't, we see the rioting and we see, you know, people screaming in each other's faces and we do see that. And it's, you know, I know that what it feels like, but when you go out and have interactions in public, I don't see it. I don't see it. And maybe that's because I'm, you know, it's where your white privilege is living. Okay. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But one-on-one, one-on-one, I don't see it. So maybe we just need to get back to that one-on-one feeling. And there's a song there somewhere. go to the break room i need a drink of ice cold soda as it is oh i mean ice cold refreshment as it is (sighs) 
Oh my gosh. So good. I tell you, still, I know they're not a sponsor and I wasn't going to, you know, promote them really. But an ice cold Coke Zero is so good. I mean, I I, I don't think you understand how. <laughs> I don't think you understand how good it is. Anyway, uh, for those of you listening to the show, if you're listening now and you're not a subscriber to Chewing the Fat, you should be. So just take a moment and subscribe to this podcast, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Choose a platform, whatever platform you'd like to use. There's plenty out there. But you got iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more to subscribe to this podcast, Chewing the Fat. And then you're good. You know what? I don't charge anything for it. You're welcome. And uh, you're good. All right. Now, sure, you can rate and review it and tell your friends and neighbors and do all that kind of stuff. But first and foremost, you need to just subscribe to the podcast. Okay. And as long as you're there and you're subscribing to things, you might as well just go to YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher as well. It's the same name. (laughs) I know. Weird. And just subscribe to that as well as we create uh, new content for that page as well. Okay. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. So did you, there was a Nebraska man and I know the video went viral and I'm going to play the the audio from the video. I'm not quite sure I understand if it's for real or not. I want to kind of believe that the guy might be for real and it's kind of like his thing, but I feel like we're being had like it's a, it's a bit. That's going to play out and we're going to find out that the whole thing was just, you know, for his YouTube channel, but he went before the Lincoln town hall meeting. I guess this was their Lincoln city council meeting. And he is a little upset and wants something done about, well, I'll let him tell you. Honestly, I won't take up too much of your time here. My name is Andrew Christensen. Uh, I live at 1212 Twin Ridge Road. Lincoln has the opportunity to be a social leader in this country. We have been casually ignoring a problem that has gotten so out of control that our children are throwing around names and words without even understanding their true meaning and treating things as, as though they're normal. I go into nice family restaurants and I see people throwing this name around and pretending as though everything is just fine. I'm talking about boneless chicken wings. I propose that we as a city remove the... Excuse me, I'm trying to... Yeah, excuse me. So he's pissed. I mean, people are laughing. (laughs) And he actually stops and turns around. He's pissed. Excuse me. Trying to do a thing. It's tremendous. Come on. I propose that we as a city remove the name boneless wings from our menus and from our hearts. These are our reasons why. Number one, nothing about boneless chicken wings actually come from the wing of a chicken. We would be disgusted if a butcher was mislabeling their cuts of meats, but then we go around and pretending as though the breast of the chicken is its wing. Right. Number two, boneless chicken wings are just chicken tenders, which are already boneless. I don't go to order boneless tacos. I don't go and order boneless club sandwiches. I don't ask for boneless auto repair. It's just what's expected. All right. Number three, we need to raise our children better. Our children are raised being afraid of having bones attached to their meat. 
That's where meat comes from. It grows on bones. We need to teach them that the wing of a chicken is from a chicken, and it's delicious. I propose that we rename boneless wings in the city of Lincoln. We can call them buffalo-style chicken tenders. We can call them wet tenders. We can call them saucy nugs or trash. We can take these steps and show the country that where we stand and that we understand that we've been living a lie for far too long. And we know it because we feel it in our bones. Thank you. Okay, so now that's the end. I'm going to play one more little clip here that is really surprising in this. All right, so he's done. And he's, thank you, he's taken up his time. He's got his, he's done his little chicken wing uh, speech. And he wants to, you know, he wants the town, city of Lincoln to, you know, rename them. Uh, <laughs> they could name them uh, buffalo-style chicken tenders, wet tenders, saucy nugs, or trash. But then... At the end, as, as a proud parent, you want to recognize your children when they make you proud. And so Lincoln City Council member, Roy Christensen, who, oh my gosh, has the same last name as, as this person who just spoke, Ander Christensen, uh, tells us why. Okay. I, I would like to just comment here. For the record, that's my son. <laughs> that's real funny. Like we're supposed to. No kidding. You should be proud. You should be proud that that is your son. Okay. Now, Ander has, you know, when you go to his Twitter account, he has a, it's a long line and people are, you know, New York Times. He's happy. He says, New York Times, it warms my heart to see this much support. We can make real changes. One small win at a time. Uh, the Nebraska Barbecue Council has officially joined the cause. They <laughs> I feel like we're being had. I feel like we're being had. But he's looking for the best wings. You can send him suggestions at saucy nugs for president at gmail.com. That's why I think we're being had. I think we're being had. But, you know. Good for Ed. Good for Andrew Christensen. And it's a proud moment for dad. In a related food story, uh, Australia's Burger King franchise is selling a burger. And it's not Burger King. It's a burger franchise that's the king of Australia. It's called uh, Hungry Jack's. All right? It's a giant in Australia. And they have a double-decker sandwich called Big Jack. Ha! Huh. Yeah. You know what they're doing? They're stealing from McDonald's. Okay? Now, they're being sued. McDonald's has asked Australia's federal court to cancel Hungry Jack's trademark for the new burger over concerns that consumers might confuse the two. Uh, really? If I go to Hungry Jack's and I order a Big Jack, <laughs> I mean, I might think to myself, hey, I'm ordering a Big Mac. Wow. I mean, the burgers are almost identical, according to this article. They're two beef patties, lettuce, cheese, onions, pickles, and special sauce served up on a sesame seed bun. Wow. Now, this is not the first time. This reading this story, uh, 
makes me remember uh, another time when McDonald's was trying to bring down another company. I know. I know. They were trying to bring down another company in the, uh, in the documentary coming to America. Uh, McDonald's was trying to take down a, another restaurant in America. In America called McDowell's. And in the documentary, Mr. McDowell explains the difference. Look, me and the McDonald's people, we got this little misunderstanding. Hmm? See, they're McDonald's. I'm McDowell's. Huh? They got the golden arches. Mine is the golden arcs. <laughs> hmm? I see they got the Big Mac. I got the Big Mick. We both got two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, and onions. But they use a sesame seed bun. My buns have no seeds. Right? So McDonald's was trying to shut him down just like they're doing Hungry Jacks. And I, uh, I for one, I for one... I'm fighting for fighting for Hungry Jacks and the the Big Jack, as I was a big supporter of Big Mick in the documentary Coming to America. And there's a new uh, follow-up to this documentary coming out very soon, Coming to America 2, scheduled to be released December 18th of this year. So it's something to look forward to coming to America Two. It's actually titled coming to the number two America. <laughs> See how that works. Uh, it's going to be good, man. The first, the original documentary coming to America was and is awesome. I, you know, I really, uh, one of the top movies in my life. One of the top movies in my life. It, I, I can quote, I'll bet you, every scene in that movie. My wife hates that movie. And it's not about the movie. She just hates that we quote that movie so much. <laughs> she hates it so much. And it's so much fun quoting all the lines from that movie. It's so good. Eddie Murphy... All of them were just genius in that movie, in the original. And if you haven't seen it, <laughs> you are not an American, period. So you you follow me on Twitter, at JeffyJFR. I teased that I had... Uh, I had not gotten to this story yesterday. The SB 145 bill in California that would lower the penalties for adults who have sex with willing same-sex minors. So judge could decide if adult has to register as a sex offender if the offender is within 10 years of the, the uh, victim, right? So... Um, it's the Wiener legislation. And you say to yourself, Wiener? What's he doing out in California? No, it's a different Wiener. I know. It's amazing. There's a different Wiener. 
It's not the same wiener. There's one wiener in New York. Amazingly, there's another wiener in California. Uh, Senator Scott Wiener from, yep, you guessed it. (laughs) San Francisco. Amazing. Uh, Currently, while consensual sex between 15 to 17 year olds and a partner within 10 years of age is illegal. And of course, uh, this is going to be big guy talk here, but uh, you know, intercourse um, the, with a female between the two does not require an offender to register as a sex offender. Other forms of intercourse, such as uh, you know, um, uh, mouth and the other place, uh, would require sex offender registration. Now, the practice, according to Weiner disproportionately targets young LGBT people who usually cannot engage in the one kind of intercourse. Huh. And that's blatant discrimination. Blatant discrimination. Huh. We need to treat everyone equally under the law. Right? These laws were put in place during a more conservative and anti-LGBT QIA time in California's history and they've ruined people's lives and made it harder for them to get jobs, secure housing. Some of that is probably true. Some of that is probably true. On the other hand, on the other hand, it would seem that uh, there's no reason for the law to treat a high school senior dating a high school junior differently because of their sexual orientation or gender identity, says Equality California Executive Director Riggs. For years, we've been working to make this common sense fix and ensure LGBT young people are treated the same as their peers. I know. I don't look at me that way. It's just these people talking. I know. Bill SB 145. Uh, Wow. We are in a... This is another example. Another example of... The place that we're in. The good news about being in that place is that it's now up to Governor Newsom from California. So, <laughs> uh, no worries. No worries. The governor of California will take care of it for you. You can count on that. Speaking of governors, also, uh, I mean, a huge fight. And this is, this is something I'd like to say. Um, where are you at, Governor Greg Abbott from the great state of Texas? Governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, said in an interview that when they were talking about governors, uh, uh, Vice President Joe Biden's said that he would shut down if elected. And he said, if the science calls for it, then we would shut it down, right? Uh, Governor DeSantos of Florida uh, said that you can count on him never locking down again. Wow. Amen. Amen. We will never do any of these lockdowns again. And I hear people say they'll shut down the country. And I honestly cringe. Governor Abbott, where you at? Where you at? That's all I'm asking. Where you at? 
good news coming from Elton John. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan. And he has confirmed, and I know this is a big surprise, uh, that his farewell Yellow Brick Road tour will return. <laughs> you know, of course it will. Stop. I mean, the guy's got a tour, right? I mean, he's doing this, I know, as his farewell tour. This farewell tour is going to take him around the world, and then he's going to have to continue the tour because Elon's probably going to want him to go play a concert on Mars, and they're going to have to set him up and, you know, fly him into Mars. So he'll be there. Of course, he doesn't know where. He doesn't know when. Whenever this coronavirus thing gets over with, he said, I'll be back out there uh, doing my farewell Yellow Brick tour tour so of course that's good news now he also went on to say in this interview that he beat up uh, so many of the songs on the charts calling them not real songs <laughs> they're not proper songs he said he was a big fan of father john misty and conan gray because they write their own songs and of course he said that misty reminds him a little bit of himself because he writes his own songs but he was talking about how the tracks all have four or five writers and, you know, they, there's very few, just a couple, right, that uh, write their own songs. And uh, that's, I mean, that's what he's about is songs, right, and writing songs. So, uh, you know, that's why he doesn't like them. Now, the real reason for the interview is to promote I'll Be Back Out on Tour. Don't worry about it. If you got, if you got tickets... You know, the dates will will change, but I'll be back out on tour and I'm not giving any of the money back and I want more money. So we may have to do some of those concerts again on the farewell tour because I have a lifestyle to, to live. And I'm in my 70s and hubby and the kids all need uh, support. I've got, a, you know, I've got a little cash stashed aside for them, but that's it. So uh, I'll be back out there on tour. That's the way it goes and uh, the royal speaking of royals i mean elton is a royal sir elton john uh the royals here in america who aren't royals anymore i mean one of them still is and can't deny it uh harry harry and megan we talked about them moving right they moved into they moved down the road they're in ellen's neighborhood who by the way is done uh unbelievably done every day a new story comes out about the i mean she is done she's not coming back and even if she does the show, nobody's going to be watching. She's done. It's over. So anyway, uh, they're living in that neighborhood, right? Well, it was just found. It was just released that they just signed a new deal with Netflix. <laughs> of course they did. Of course they did. There's no record of what the deal was worth but it's a multi-year deal with netflix documentaries docu-series feature films scripted shows and children's programming that sounds an awful lot like what they announced when they made the deal with barack obama the release for barack and first lady michelle to produce series and movies for the streaming service they will potentially work on scripted and unscripted series as well as docu-series, documentary films, and features under the multi-year deal. So the only thing that isn't in Barack and Michelle's announcement that's in, in, that's in Harry and Meghan's is the children's stuff. Wow. Congratulations. 
congratulations to to both couples, really. Barack and Michelle, who are already cashing in on the deal, and to Harry and Meghan, who needed the cash because they were running a little low. Uh, our congratulations. And I'm sure, I'm sure that the documentaries, the docuseries, and the feature films, and the scripted shows, and the children's programming will be tremendous. I'm sure of it. Well worth the money, Netflix. Just incredible. Download and subscribe to more content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. I cannot wait to go through a story tomorrow on Fat Pile Friday that is incredible, incredible story about private property, about government overreach. It is... I mean, it's amazing. I would love to do it right now, but it's, it's at least, I mean, I, I just, tomorrow, tomorrow on, on Fat Pile Friday, um, just a, just a tease for tomorrow's show. Did you see, did you see David Blaine's, um, balloon flying? So David Blaine, uh, flew up in the air. He's called Ascension, David Blaine Ascension. And he, uh, you know, there's, you know, you remember, he's done, he's got bullets and he's held himself underwater. He's Mr. You know, he's done, uh, he's done all kinds of stuff. In fact, he got his start as, you know, a magician, right? I mean, that's who David Blaine is. And now he does, uh, you know, life threatening in parentheses. I did that just for you. Uh, endurance tests. And this latest one was his, uh, you know, going up holding on to helium filled balloons like you know the stories and cartoons and the little kid flies you know grabs a, a bunch of balloons and fly takes off so he did his uh, ascension and he held tight to these balloons now listen a while it was cool and i get it and he got carried up by 42 eight-foot balloons and 10 smaller balloons measuring four to six feet each. And the balloons were based on his weight, which is 198 pounds. I mean, anybody could do 198 pounds, right? So he apparently did training for skydiving and breathing in low oxygen and to do this stunt. He had a parachute there, of course. I mean, that's how he got down. And uh, he had a team in his ear tracking his vitals. It was all, you know, YouTube. We saw it all. He went to 18,000 feet or above 18,000 feet and then, uh, you know, dropped. And he, you know, with the cameras. And, and it was, you know, it was kind of cool to watch, but it wasn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. He had oxygen. Uh, you know, it wasn't. It was portrayed originally that it was going to be this death-defying act. And I guess maybe it is. I mean, the balloons aren't picking my fat butt up and pulling me up 18,000 feet. I know that. I got it. It just didn't seem as death-defying as they portrayed it. That's all. That's all. And I didn't sit through the entire three-hour live stream. So I apologize, David. And I know that's what you wanted. And I got it for you. I did, I did log on. You know, I did watch the, watch the climb. Uh, you know, and then watch the drop. So I caught the last, you know, 
little bit, but uh, not the whole thing. But it just didn't seem like. Remember how you felt when the when the f- space jump we've talked with uh, Felix Baumgartner with the Red Bull space jump. Remember how you felt with that guy going up into space, you know, space diving. Remember how it was when he went up and then jumped. I mean, he had the cameras and he just jumped. It was spinning out of control. This the breaking pace, falling from space. Remember? Remember how you felt? He didn't feel that with David. Uh, maybe that's what he wanted. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't what he wanted. Maybe maybe what he wanted is what, exactly what he got. Okay. Good. But it certainly wasn't up to Felix Bumgardner's space jump. I'll tell you that. So, Felix, you got nothing to worry about. And Red Bull, you got nothing to worry about either. You were the sponsor of it. It was great. David? Eh. Ascension? While I guess it was great flying up to 18,000 feet with a bunch of balloons, I don't know that I'd want to do it. And you probably did it the safest way that a human could. But that's not death-defying to me. It just isn't. And so, when you can get the old balloon flight up to space jump territory, let me know. And then we had the flying cars from Toyota. Big deal. They made the big deal. They had the video. I was going to play it yesterday on Chewing the Fat during Pat. I never got to it. But uh, it showed there's video of the space drive flying cars in action. And it went up. And they flew around, I don't know, this in their little test area. It's the Toyota-backed skydive. And it, okay. It's called the SD3 vehicle at the Toyota test field. Okay, It's, it's billed as the smallest vertical takeoff and landing vehicle in the world. Okay, Now, it's meant to usher in new means of transportation for urban life. It has eight rotors that help it fly safely, even if there's a motor failure. Okay. Calling it a car is wrong. It's not a car. It's a little one-seater helicopter rider thing. I think that's a perfect... You could call it, you could call it that. It's a little one-seater helicopter rider thing. Is all it is. That's not a car. It's not a car. It's just like space travel. Okay? Until we can walk up to the rocket, pay our ticket, get on, and take off, that's not space travel. I'm sorry. It's astronauts doing dangerous stuff. The rockets are going into space. It's not space travel. Okay? Sorry. No, it's not. It's not everyday space travel. Okay? These cars are the same way. This Toyota, it's a little helicopter. It's not even, they're not driving it on the roads. This is what we want. This is what we expect. I expect to get in my car, drive down the road, and on my way to work, I expect to go, oh man, I am so sick of driving, I gotta fly. And I fly above the road. Now, we talked about it a long time ago, how they're going to do it. You're not going to be able to do it like that. Because you've already got too many things flying around as it is. You got airplanes coming and going. You got drones flying everywhere, delivering packages, delivering medicines, doing everything. 
You got guys in jetpacks flying around. <laughs> They're going to have to have their own their own height to fly around. Jetpacks can only fly this so high. Drones have to fly so high. Uh, they can only land in designated areas, stuff like that. Because that's the same thing they do with airplanes. But flying cars, they're not going to let you drive around cities in flying cars. I'm sorry, it's just not. You're going to, you think the idea of getting a flying car and traffic is backed up and you're just going to go into fly mode and fly over the traffic. I mean, I love the idea, but that's not going to happen. You're going to do, flying cars are going to be just outside of city limits, right? Highway, highway flying, highway driving. You're going to be able to land and take off outside of the city limits. So if you're inside the city, then you're not going to be able to fly, right? I just, I, I just feel like that's going to be the rules because there's going to be too much air traffic. So you get the air traffic when you get outside the city on highways, and then you can highway fly. And you can just take your car and, and it'll get you there faster and you don't have to, you know, you're not driving on the road and, you know, however, whatever the case may be. And you have to fly a certain area above the road and you can only fly in this, you know, 40 foot, 30 foot area going this direction and 40 foot, 30 foot area going the other direction at, you know, 40 feet above the ground, whatever the case is, whatever, whatever their specific rules are for whatever flying vehicle you have. But the Toyota backed skydive ain't a flying car. Okay. It just isn't. And they're talking about, uh, you know, having it a two seater and it's a new vehicle to travel around the city. Okay. If it's a new means of transportation for urban life, I don't see it happening. I don't because you're going to have to be, you're dodging drones and guys in jet packs. <laughs> and regular cars and regular people on bikes and scooters and, and uh, segways. You don't have to worry so much about segways anymore because they're over with. But you would have. And maybe they could, maybe they could come back. <laughs> so bad. So bad. So, so bad. But I want flying cars. That's what we expect, right? We expected to already have them. We expected to be able to get in the car and take off, even in the cities, everywhere, wherever we wanted. Uh, that's not going to happen. You just, there's got to be some, some kind, sadly, and I mean this sadly, there's got to be some kind of rules and regulations, right? There just has to be. Oh, now you want more government control. Moments ago, you're whining about... No, I, I, I'm all for public safety. We need control over public safety. But, wait, isn't that wearing a mask and not spreading the disease? No. No, it, we don't need it mandated. With vehicles... Oh, man, now you got me thinking about that, too. You know what? Just go. Just get in your vehicles and go. There shouldn't be any rules. There shouldn't be any laws. Just do what you want to do. Everybody just do what they want to do. There's another song. Two big song hits coming out of this, this show today. Right? Everybody just do what they want to do. That may already be a song. And then uh, we go back to earlier in the show with get back to that one-on-one -on -one feeling. Two big hits coming out of today's show. You're welcome. <laughs> 